Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Welcome to Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and I'm currently wrestling with a pug. <laughs> uh, I'm Jay, and I i assume you're probably losing this fight. Is that correct? Yes, constantly. <laughs> it, is, it is a constant battle, and I am all losing. Uh, and I'm Josh, and I've spent many mornings this week wrestling with weights in what I just realized is basically a rebranded CrossFit series of exercises, and moving hurts me now, so I'm sure everything's fine. This like PX90 or something. It's called F45, which I like. <laughs> I like that that consonant is in the name. <laughs> Just so you can be angry is at this it. A, is this an Orange Theory or? No, it's a new. It's it's literally a new gym. Similar similar idea to Orange Theory called F45. I'm told that the F stands for functional, <laughs> but I'm also here to tell you that my legs are not functional. So did you and the good doctor? switch gyms then we did oh well uh yeah i've uh you know see previous free rambles about getting exercise equipment about but, exercise equipment. uh brian's essentially i think at this point uh given up hope on ever joining one of our local gyms uh basically because i mean just because of all the restrictions and stuff like that well no i mean he's he's uh never like people in the first place mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and an opinion i can totally respect the uh the pandemic has only uh worsened that condition if i guess we want to call it a condition <laughs> uh but basically he public setting like that especially where you're like you know everyone's breathing heavy etc he mm-hmm. thinks it's just going to be like a huge disease vector and doesn't trust any of the uh, people at the gym to have behaved responsibly, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so now you depend upon the responsibility of random logistics companies. Yeah. So, surely nothing could go wrong. Yeah. So, uh, I am finally, the sins of my youth are finally catching up to me. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I, th- I think more. I think I've mentioned this before on the show about my high blood pressure. Did I mention that? Where yeah. I, you know, I go into the doctor and they take my high blood, they take my blood pressure. It's a little, oh, yeah. and you know, I deep breathe deeply. Well, it's starting to not be able to readjust can't on the just, second. Can't yeah. just shrug it off. Yeah, and so the amount of salt intake and the amount of caffeine intake and the lack of exercise is finally getting to the point where I'm probably going to have to get back to exercising so that I continue my salt and caffeine intakes. <laughs> so is it, does this mean the rowers coming back out? I think, it, well, it never left, but um, yeah, I think I'm going to I'm sorry, should I say returning to use then? Is that the yes, correct phrase? Yes, the, the dust will be removed from it. Um, yeah, I stare at it longing. Yeah, no, that's an important step. And 
every middle-aged man's life, staring longingly. <laughs> yes. I I don't think I did. I ever give the the most recent uh, old men talking about their blood sugar update. I mean, to me, you can never have enough of those updates, Jay. Oh. So whether you did or not, I can't say. <laughs> I so I recently had you know a, another checkup on my blood work to see how my uh, you know glucose levels and insulin levels were doing, and um, they they again improved. And I was I was actually would have been happy with them just like kind of staying steady because I had you know I had some travel to like San Francisco and. Uh, you know, other places and, and ate a fair number of, of carbs. And so didn't expect uh, very good things. And I'm, it's basically gone down to the point where um, I'm just barely considered insulin resistant at this point. And very nice. Next, next time should hopefully not be considered at all. So it was a little bit, uh, on, on the one hand, Brian was like, happy for my success, et cetera. But there's also, I think there's a bit of like, he's, he was like, uh, more strict than me when we were traveling, partially because if he falls off the wagon, then he mm-hmm. just gets like massive pain. And so there's like, oh. this immediate feedback of, uh, punishing him. And so I think he had a little bit of, of, uh, a jealousy of the, the progress I've had. Um, I guess stuff for Discount Games Inc. The Black Templars Black Friday is uh, live now, so there's pre-sales of new stuff for the Black Templars. Uh, very exciting, and uh, we're also doing for the Black Templars uh, box set. Uh, we are doing our extra rebate on that item, and so if you buy it, you uh, get a larger rebate than normal, extra savings, extra fun, extra good. Uh, so feel free to get that picked up and, and going. Um, so Josh, we had a, a little bit of a, a Veterans Day celebration last Thursday at your house. <laughs> why, why don't you go ahead and give us a rundown of the madness that you had planned? We have somehow again blown my wife's mind again. It's like her capacity for surprise is never, never exhausted. Uh, look, I have wanted for years. I I really blame Magic the Gathering the card Shah the Shahrazad card that, uh, right sure, where, where you play a game within a game like I love the idea of that so much right so I've had this idea kicking around in my skull for frankly decades and I finally made good on it this this year but I just love the idea of basically a series of games you know linked together either by theme or a series of games where the the outcome in one determines something in the other games, you know, I mean, I could go on and on, but how did I decide to try this out for the first time with the other mad men that I could find? I decided to link together a series of Amer- American history themed game. So the original plan was basically the two founding father games back to back. And then uh, which in the first one you craft the constitution right the and, second one starts after the constitution has been crafted and the government has essentially been formed and and president uh, washington has been elected then you go from there up to the civil War. right and the uh the thing is is that i was you know the, the wit the the victory 
conditions in the first game. They, they were going to determine essentially the seeding order of the second game. So just for you to get a flavor of how the madness was starting to form in my head. Uh, and then we uh, we decided to, or I decided we would shake it up a little bit with a co-op game following the, the second Founding Fathers, which was to be Freedom the Underground Railroad, which is a game about uh, helping slaves escape from the American American South to Canada, uh, go Canada. And um, then we were going to play Great Western Trail, you know, in honor of the American West. And then based on the first and second, third and fourth place in that game, we were going to play um, Twilight Struggle about the Cold War and uh, 1964, the uh, making of a president about the campaign between Richard Nixon and John F. Kennedy. So that was the original level of madness, which I had sort of proposed. She's and really I'm, a weekend, not a. <laughs> uh, that's true. Just going to yes. throw this out here. Yes, that's. I, J- I think J-Mix. we could have done it had we started early enough and been committed. Enough. Mm, well, mm, we okay. Look, we couldn't have made it with the additional founding father tacked on the front. I think. I think you don't that's think so? I think we should have. If we started at 6 a.m. Okay, okay. If we started at 6 a.m. I guess that's true. I was on board for 6 a.m. I'm just saying. Okay, well, <laughs> I'll take that into account next time. But yeah, so I mean, really, before the last you move I on, Jay, go ahead. You you said that you managed to surprise your wife. What what part of of anything that happened was was surprising to you? And like how? Like I, I fact, hear this and I just I just think that like, oh, this is very on brand for Josh Wheeler. And so the fact that like I don't understand how this surprised her, I guess. I, I, I will admit that just it wasn't that long ago that we played a twelve hour game of Western Empire on right? the same table right. Right? right in front of her and she she saw that too. Yet somehow it still surprised her. I guess that's my point, is like just her capacity to be surprised cannot be satiated. Um, okay. yeah, strange, I know. Uh, so anyways, before I interrupted you, what were, uh, uh, what were uh, you going to say? Oh, did I lose my train of thought? I might have lost it. Go I ahead. think you were going to talk about that was your initial vision. And oh, yeah. So I mean, we're talking about the compromises you had to make. Yeah, yeah. So the compromise the harsh I had mistress to make of is, reality. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? We lopped off the first founding father, so we didn't play through the actual uh, writing of the constitution and the constitutional convention. And then um, I, I just sort of started to get a sense by 8 PM that I, we probably shouldn't go forward with the uh, twilight imp- or uh, twilight struggle and um, making the president angle. Uh, 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 to be fair, you, you said you had forgotten to find 1960 make. Yes, that's my, true. It is one of my favorite games and I would have stayed for. It. And the other problem was amongst the people we know, the the man who crushes more hopes and dreams than anyone else in Twilight Struggle was the man who we would have to play. Well, and, and there, we had also lost had our, no... we had lost our fourth player though too. That was the other thing, right? Because the idea there was that the night would to... yeah no <laughs> nobody wanted to get beat down in Twilight Struggle as hard as we would have been. Correct. Yeah, no, that's uh, factually. Yeah. So yeah, it, it did start to fall apart. I mean, I think that so I as you're describing this to me originally the the full scope of things like i i had never dreamt of such madness before but but the fact that you were presenting it to me was like it was like the holy grail i was in, i was my grail diary was started i was trying to figure out how you know to find it and where i'd begin my search and i was like i was so excited for this 
Um, but I realize I feel like I've now infected you too because we have more ideas now. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for the next one where one feeds into the next game and it is themed and I'm I'm all on board. But I have I realized that we invited some of the most um, gung ho board gamers in the area to join in, and you were right. By 8 p.m., really, it was just you and I that were still left. committed. Right, and yeah. I. I yeah. fully appreciate that. I understand that we are a little insane and that we have uh, my spouse is, is very tolerant of this sort of um, maybe more so than she should be. <laughs> so, you know, and I realize that many of the others involved, their spouses are not that uh, tolerance, maybe not the right word, but, you know, they, they run out of patience too. Cause Accommodating. They, they yeah. yeah. They can't believe that we could still be playing board games, you know, 10 hours later to them. That just seems crazy. <laughs> Yeah, like clearly we should have taken a break at some point, right? My, my wife, when I I got home at, because we talked a little bit, we were done, and so I didn't get home until 10 p.m. And my wife was thrilled because I was home <laughs> three hours earlier than what she thought she I was going. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, so I think that now before we go and grade some of the the games that we played on this day, I think that we should do a Discord poll for which which themed game should be next or themed uh, weekend or, or day should be next because i am fully intending to do at least one themed day that starts with revolution uh 1584 to 1648 the dutch revolt right <laughs> the, the name of that game is <laughs> it blows me away every time <laughs> I can never remember the actual dates in it. It makes me so mad. Revolution of the Dutch Revolt, 1568 to 1648. I am totally ready for that to be one of the themed days. Of course, the other one that Trevor and I talked about was um, essentially civilization-themed games. So we're talking like Clash of Cultures, Into Antiquity, perhaps Into Then, Through the Ages, or It's a Wonderful World, and concluding with um, Eclipse or Beyond the Sun. I mean, clearly a weekend. Clearly like we're talking convention level event here um i i would be willing to um rent out a small hotel uh room you know convention room or whatever well, i always wanted to do like a cabin and just go to a yeah that would be a great choice because then we could basically guarantee that we're not going to be interrupted and right. we don't have to go home and then you night. leave the game set up you know if yep. you need to yeah. things can be left set up i mean to me that's the next I mean, really what I'm describing is like, I want to put together a boutique game convention or, or bespoke. I mean, right. Right. This right. is, I will put together a bespoke game convention for, you know, a half a dozen madmen. I mean that I'm looking for people who are insane. That's what I'm doing. Right. If you're within earshot and you're willing to fly across the country to join <laughs> us, you're welcome to come. I promise you, we will not turn you away. <laughs> and it's, on the one hand, the uh, fact that you're willing to fly here just shows us that you are con- yeah, you are that you're committed. appropriately committed, right? Yeah, yeah. Look, my favorite thing about putting these days together that I because I consider this to be like really kind of the third event of this nature, right? Like, and what I mean is, earlier this year we put together the Western Empires game, right? Then we did a Twilight Imperium game a month or two ago or whatever. This is sort of the culmination this year of my methodology right my favorite thing about it is sending out a google survey to potential attendees <laughs> and literally including quizzes and like you know crap like that i love being that ridiculous that's what i'm telling you i, I guess two quick thoughts first one is i had so i had penciled in that i was going to go to the las vegas open at the end of january mm-hmm. and 
I've I've just like recently come to terms or grips with the fact that it's just not that's not going to happen, and that instead it if I what it's going to be if things happen is like you know I'll go travel to Denver and see Sung Soo and play games or it's it's going to be kind of small group bespoke things like you said because okay, yeah uh like the idea right now of of going to effectively a, a huge shrine to Nurgle doesn't excite me that much. <laughs> yeah, two, 200 people in the same room using the same bathroom and drinking out yeah. of the same uh, water coolers for yeah for two or three days straight. I mean, you're guaranteed to come out of there sick, and that was pre-COVID. That's you true, yeah. yeah. We always used to have post-con. Yeah, know, con crud. I mean, it's its own name. Right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and you're guaranteed to get ill. It may not be COVID, but so, something you're going to come home with some sort of crud. And like, if it was just me, you know, that's, that's one thing I, I would still potentially consider it because uh, I guess I'm foolish, <laughs> but like I, my, my wonderful spouse is literally kind of in a situation where like his health has been so poor assailed. Yeah. That he feels like, you know, that he can't, that he's not sure he can like actually survive a serious bout of illness right either physically or mentally and yeah. so yeah. there there comes a point where it's like well like i would be just like a huge dick if <laughs> if i was going to disregard you know what's the going potential on effects type. on him right yeah 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 so uh i guess the bespoke gaming conventions of a small number of people is is something that has been on my mind <laughs> um because it's thing, easier to trust that, you know, th- those well, it's also, precautions are in place, et cetera. Yeah, so or even just like the number of disease vectors of like five or six people versus 200 is yeah, right, right, a, right. a big deal. Um, the other thing to slide in real quick is um, I we totally have to get Unfathomable scat- scheduled. So I mean, see, that could be another themed game day. You could do could, a Lovecraft. I could, there you go. That's the one I could, we'll put in the poll. The other one up in the poll. I would. I would be very excited about uh, Arkham Horror Third Edition and Unfathomable on the same day. I yeah, mean, that's that seems achievable, right? Yes, and we need to um, start the uh, seating order by some uh, Lovecraft, Lovecraft letter. letter. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, I love the way you're thinking. Always. <laughs> okay, well, let's let's start grading Founding Fathers. All right, let's do it. So, so Founding design. Fathers, yeah, so oh, Founding go ahead. Fathers is a um, small publisher. You can only get it through Game Crafter as a, a print-on-demand product. Um, it is fairly old and has been through quite a few revisions, so there's not a clear delineation between like a first edition or a second edition because it's almost like a, a little bit of a living rules. And the rules are available publicly, um, but this is going into this, you need to understand that it is a small published game. It's um, stated uh, an attempted goal is to replace the feel of Republic of Rome. And I can uh, fully understand if the listeners have never heard of or played Republic of Rome. It is a little bit older school game. But so Republic of Rome and Founding Fathers is a um, socio-political game where you are attempting to increase your own uh, faction's political clout 
and truthfully, it is their political clout in comparison to the other players at the table. So everyone's trying to accomplish this goal. In both Founding Fathers and Republic of Rome, you're playing a co-op yet competitive game in that if you cannot come to deals when necessary, your republic will fall. That is a democratic republic or a republic um, basically in name in Rome. But you have to con- you have to work together for the whole game, or everyone loses. Uh, but you also are trying to get so that's that's the pitch of Founding Fathers. So design. Do you guys? First question to both of you. You've both played a little bit of Republic of Rome. We ended up sort of closing it up because before it was done, because it was more. Uh, I'm basically forty percent of the players were were done with the game. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they, they did not have a good time. So, do you guys feel like? Starting there, that 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 baseline. Do you feel that Founding Fathers does a better job at playing the style of game that Republic of Rome is trying to do than Republic of Rome? I mean, I feel like it's the Founding Fathers is is more streamlined than Republic of Rome, right? For me, I think I would gladly still play either one, but I'd give a slight nod to Founding Fathers for just being more efficient, essentially. Yeah. So the, the, the basic mechanic in, in Republic of Rome and Founding Fathers is basically there's a event that happens, and then you resolve that event by political influence. Well, in Republic of Rome, the wars are handled very differently from the social issues. In right. That when you have to resolve a war, you have to raise legions to do so. And it's kind of a separate action you do to in order to win the war. In Founding Fathers... The wars are treated just like the social um, problems. They're just a, um, it is all about the, the vote and the political sway and how it's going to affect popularity of various players. Uh, and their factions, right? Yeah, their factions, which is a is a big streamlining part of it because the, the minutia of actually fighting the Republic of Rome doesn't add any. So if, if, if we're comparing the two game experiences, um, there's two things that I liked more about Republic of Rome. Um, the the first one is that I actually like the theme of Republic of Rome quite a bit more than the theme of Founding Fathers. Okay. Um, and part of the reason for that is that so if I'm playing, uh, it, Republic of Rome is a little bit more of a pure political game to me because there isn't any cultural or uh, baggage tied into like, you know, are you going to send the legions to defend against the Carthinians or are you going to pass this resolution or whatever? But Because it's far enough away, do you mean to say? Well, and also because we're not Romans or Italians, you know, et cetera. But we are Americans and there is like there, it when it comes time to pass like the Bill of Rights or whatever, uh, that can get in the way because the player's like, oh, well, of course we want to pass the Bill of Rights because you know, that's the... <laughs> that's that's what we're supposed to do one of (laughs) our players you could basically manipulate during the game based on actual historical versus a historical events exactly yeah so i i think that it's it's better to be able to play a a purely political game without the the baggage uh, that baggage so okay so here's an interesting let me ask you this question i think it's in jay is like if if we had the same if it was the same rule set and everything, and it was Rome versus America, how would you feel about it? You know what I mean? Like if you literally just swapped the themes out. Um, 
and I, I guess I, I guess I would probably go with the streamlined version. I did remember, and I guess this kind of ties into it's. It's tough for me to say because this ties into the second thing that I thought. So, uh, listeners at home are going to uh, be kind of incredulous at what I'm going to say, but we got a rule wrong, <laughs> and so. I mean, it's the setup was is that is that really a rule wrong or is that multiple rules wrong really? yeah well i mean it has so one of the things when we played republic of rome one of the things that i thought was really cool was that on the one hand you're wanting to advance your own uh factions goals and agendas and at the other hand everyone kind of has to work together to keep the republic going or else Things are, or else you're just all going to lose the game together. But sometimes the thing that the Republic needs uh, hurts your faction. Kind of right? Hurts your faction, right? Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's one of the coolest parts of Republic of Rome. And I didn't really get that feeling as much from uh, Founding Fathers, partially because we had set our starting income too high to start with and so a lot of the difficult financial decisions weren't that difficult because we had a higher income we were supposed to have and so and it 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 compounded so right right so to explain to those listening what happened at the beginning of republic of rome is really on you're on the ropes from the beginning and you're being attacked by barbarians um, barbarians carthage etc etc and it really doesn't let up for quite a while um, its intent is that it does let up in the later half, which is where the Roman um, apathy and Roman um, excess comes into play and where the where the Republic begins to fall apart. Well, there is some similarities in the way that the American country, the U.S., also played out early on. But the game does so by starting you in, in debt, deeply in debt, and with a negative income. And um, we were... Uh, what had happened is rather than being at negative, I, I don't know what to call the units. I'm going to call them millions of dollars because I don't. They're they're not really something behind them, but we were at negative thirty, or we sh- we should have been at negative thirty, but we were at positive thirty. Right. And that is a huge difference because normally at the end of the round, you take what you owe and then you add interest to it, making you owe even more. And under normal circumstances, at the end of the first term of the first president, uh, George Washington, you are still hopelessly negative. I shouldn't say hopelessly, but you are very negative normally right. because you it's almost impossible to get positive in the first four years on your annual income and you already owe money. So at the end of the year, the amount that you come up short gets added to that plus interest gets added to that, making you near financial crisis after the first four years. We had none of those issues. (laughs) So, and because we were, um, we'd basically uh, reined in the interest very early. It meant that the next you know, uh, four to 10 presidential terms did not have the same, that pressure, that same sort of pressure. So it basically meant that Jay could invent a new way of dealing with taxes to get himself popularity over and over again. (laughs) Well, to be fair, he could do that anyway, but he would not be able to do it maybe as early in the game as he had. Right. Yeah, that's fair. So it's, it's, I guess it's tough for me to compare the two games because I haven't, played an accurate game of founding fathers to to tell basically if i have kind of that same feeling of tension of having to do things against the best wishes of my faction in order to try to keep the game still moving along in the 
uh, you know, country not going to insolvency, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So um, I will agree with your first point. There are situations where you want to try to do certain things. A good example is to really like to abolish slavery. Yeah, there's there's lots of things thought justifiably so tied to slavery and things that are coming up in the deck. Correct. And so you're you're wanting to try to accomplish these things, and some of them are frankly um, nigh impossible anyway. Uh, and I think it does a good job of portraying why it was so difficult for even those who supported these things to, to get them accomplished. Mm. Um, so I think it does do a good job of that. And it's not just with slavery, it's with other things as well. Um, you know, there's a bunch of things that go on, women's suffrage, uh, the Bill of Rights, uh, solvency of the Republic, paying the debts of the states when when the, when it becomes united. Um, you know, there's just a lot of issues that they dealt with that um, I think it does a pretty good job of conveying those. But if you have issues with those themes, then maybe it's not the right game for you. I mean, clearly the Romans had no issues uh, with having lots and lots of slaves, but it isn't necessarily a central in that game because it was accepted throughout their entire reign. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I, are you going to put a number to it, Jay, or what's your feel? I have one quick question, mm-hmm. I guess, before I give a number related to design. So another thing, and uh, I mean, I guess, Maybe I just needed to uh, put on my big boy pants and get over it. But another thing, that, another thing that kind of seemed odd to me is, uh, so on the game setup, how does how did so you you get a number of um, historical personalities and they give you votes, mm-hmm. um, and is that different each game setup? Is it random? Is it it's semi-random? Fixed? So there's there are certain um, statesmen that are dealt out regardless. Like, you know, there will always like be George somebody Washington. who gets Washington. There will always be somebody who gets Hamilton, somebody who gets Burr and someone who gets Jefferson. And I think there might be a couple other, like, like the one yes, guy, based, I, the, number one on always gets order. like Franklin Washington and who am I not thinking of? Adams, John Adams. Right. Yes. And the He's next guy the gets Hamilton and somebody else anyway. But and then and then everybody gets dealt random delegates so that their delegate total goes up to like three, I think. Yes. So, okay. the, the, so the person in 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 Jay's seating position, um, generally, I think you got two random delegates and one that was assigned. Yeah. Burr was the assigned one. I think. Burr was the assigned one. I'm assuming. Yeah. 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 So the game starts, and this is this is a game that is you know all about voting, political power, blah blah blah, political power, etc. And so we have one player who has like 21 votes, one player who has 20 votes, one that has 10 or 12, and I have six. And yeah, which I think that could end up different. Sure, yeah, yeah, with the random stuff. Right. Um, right. But there was also, like, there's this part of me that's like, this just kind of seems like poor game design to have. Like, there were lots of points at the start of the game that are like, oh, Jay, what do you vote? And I'm like, well, doesn't it literally matter. doesn't matter what I vote because I have zero influence over what's going on here so but what's weird is that you were still winning but of those rounds but I, I, well it's, it's it's not it's not my fault that it's a legitimate know, game president the president burr was the greatest american history to ever trace the <laughs> annals of uh, time whatever so, so this is 
this is what I'm going to, my counter, and I'm going to sort of tread lightly since I don't feel like I have enough plays of the game to really defend my position. But I don't feel like votes really matter all that much. I do think that getting people to buy in and or trying to encourage someone to include you is more. This is a very heavy social game and not as heavy about the uh, strategy. Now, clearly, it's easier to get someone to want you to be on your on their side when you have votes. Um, but I also feel like that uh, it's almost by design that there are some haves and some have nots to begin the game. Um, but it can swing quickly and it can change. And having a number of votes doesn't necessarily make a direct correlation to your uh, political faction gaining popularity or uh, winning elections. Yeah. Oh, elections. So so I, I understand how you feel. I don't know enough to say whether or not it was by design. But I, I mean, I feel yeah, like yeah. it kind of is that it, it, it is almost tries to have these swings in political power where you can you can spend. You're not going to lose the game by having very few votes for a while if you are careful about the way that you and prepare for the next few terms. There's there's lots of games where uh, it feels like the game kind of goes in waves where. Yeah. You will have a time when you're ascendant and you need to be scoring as many points as you can. And then you're going to wane and, you know, start preparing for the next time that you're ascendant, etc. Um, and, and I would say that that's a pattern that this game follows. I mean, I, I assume you guys agree with that as I do. Yeah. And, and like Absolutely. alliances wax and wane because of it. Yeah. And right. Right. And so, you know, that's fine. It's I'm, I guess I'm just saying that the that was an initial reaction that I had to the game that uh, a little bit off-putting with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, so do you have a number for us, Jay, on design? I mean, so for for what it is, I do like it, but on some of the other categories that we're going to get to, kind of drags it down for me too. Mm. So sure, you you could. I mean, I maybe framed it in a positive light because I compared it to one of the only games out there that is comparable to. But if you take it in an overall and you look at it as comparison to all board games, then it's not necessarily as favorable. And you really need to be a particular type of gamer to even want to approach this. Oh yes, definitely. There's. I mean, I would say that. Boy. I mean, when we get to audience, <laughs> like, don't worry, I, I've already written down a specific word for that, for the answer to that <laughs> question. I mean, I don't know what to say, because on the one hand, if you are in this niche, there's very little that's designed like this. And so right. that probably rates it high. But if you compare it to overall board games, it probably gets lower for me. So I would say like in the in board games in general, I'd probably say like a six in the genre, like an eight. Okay. I think that's fair. Uh, the funny thing is like, that's the number I was going to use is six. And I think because of some of the warts, like I think the rule book needs quite a bit of <laughs> heavy lifting, I guess is the term I'm going to use by the players. You know what I mean? Um, the fact that it's a print and play, you know, gives me hives just a tiny bit. Um, you know, the fact that, like, we ran out of popularity cubes at one point in time, uh, you know, just, like, little niggling things like that. 
but the design of the actual like you know the situations it sets up to cause people to have to bargain with each other or form alliances and these like ridiculous situations it sets up where like the Alexander Hamilton presidency with with you know his vice president John Marshall was like the most glorious period of the American antebellum uh, time right I mean like all that stuff is what makes me feel like the eight so I almost I guess what I'm saying is I sort of agree with the way you've numbered it there Jay a six and an eight you know but but now I want to hear my my beloved fanboys number where you at Trevor I mean does the scale go to eleven <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite game of all. Uh, I'm shocking no one like I'm so delighted that it, it it's so amazing to me because like if if you were to grade Trevor like if you were to put some grades on my skills and and one of them was like a social political game skill <laughs> and one of them was uh, you know player uh was like a a worker placement strategy game skill with no randomness I am clearly better at the second one like there's there's no argument with anyone. No one's going to call me a sociopolitical genius. I am not the best at making alliances. I'm not good at manipulating other people. As evidenced uh, by the fact that he continually makes them with me, which like inevitably <laughs> fall apart. But I love it so much. <laughs> it's the type of game I want to play. Uh, when I play TI4, the section that I love the most is the voting and the social political. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, it's a different thing there because you also are trying to keep from like directly attacking your base. You know what I mean? There's military conflict as well, which I also yeah, en- right. I enjoy the the idea of making uh, peace with your neighbor and trying to keep them from not attacking you while you're leaving your back, you know, open to them, etc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, and there's not quite as much of that here, but honestly, like this is the game I always wanted. I really liked Republic of Rome, but I had some really hairy, dirty warts that I just had a hard time getting on. And many of those are gone here. That's, to me, this is the game I've always wanted. It's, it is my, this is the pinnacle of games. If you ask me, you know, we're going to play a board game this weekend. What would you like to play? I'm going, I'm going to present this. And the unfortunate thing is there's not a lot of people out there who agree with me. So it's right. quite difficult to get to the table. So, in the greater scheme, I realize that it's not a great board game for the general public, and I can see why most people enjoy it. But it's like, it is the quintessential game for me. It is, it is, it is, a, it is my ten. You can see why you have to order it out of a, oh. a back alley website, essentially. That it's the niche well, of the niche, I mean, right? It is, it is Game Crafter. I mean, they are not that niche, and it, it is fairly. I mean, we don't want to undersell it here it is well printed it, it is yeah no that's car, yeah. cards are nice the board graphic is nice. design's good and yeah i agree yeah so. the, uh, my complaint is the same one you had that it didn't have enough people yeah like one of the things that drives me nuts is the 10 cubes for the voting the elections yeah because in our game we had we had multiple elections that were single party the 12th amendment happened yes single party no 12th amendment so there was up to um, up to four candidates from the same party and up to four vice presidential candidates from the same party, all of them being voted on separately. And we have four colors of cubes and only 10 cubes each. And at that time we had, I want to say we had at least, tw- they're, they're not states because some of the states are, on, are like the Carolinas are a single card. But right. there was, there, I believe there was 12 cards in play at that time. So, or 14 cards in play. So yeah, but I think it was I take your point. Play. Some of there those was not enough. You're like, come on. Yeah, there was not enough cubes to actually like if if they did a good job, you couldn't even you didn't you ran out of cube. 
So. All right, let's talk about time management then. So it's pretty bad, and I'll admit this. <laughs> yeah, but here again, it's sort of like compared to Republic of Rome, it shines, right? Oh, yeah. Republic of Rome takes a long time, and the worst part of the Republic of Rome is there's so much minutia going on of keeping track of who's the master of the horse and who's this and how long is so-and-so need to be at this provincial you know, location. And Governorship, right, right. Yeah, it's just there's too much minutia. And and it takes it's a long slow game and a so, lot of checking on the rules. This on this game, I I did try to read a rule summary. I also so I was I was under a time crunch because I had travel the next day. I had a deadline of what I could play to, and I wanted to try to get the whole game in. Um, and you know, my co-host said that four hours should be plenty. Um, by hour five, I ended up having to leave, <laughs> and another person took over my team. And I believe the final play time was seven and a half hours. I think it was eight, eight and a half, eight, eight Minus and a half. Okay. Lunch. Oh, that's true. I forget about lunch. Sure. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it went longer than we expected. So we'd played a little bit of it previously. And so we kind of had an idea of how long it was going to go, but we were wrong. Um, <laughs> and part of the problem is because it's a socio-political style game where you're talking a lot and making deals is that sometimes right. some of that can end up going longer than it should. And this reminds me of the times that I've played uh, diplomacy, diplom- diplomacy where we had to implement, you know, a timer during the negotiation phase. See, and I suggested to Trevor that the next time we play this, because there will be more times that maybe we should play with a, uh, a chess clock or something and uh, trevor in his good-natured way was essentially offended that i would even <laughs> such nonsense. it feels like you're trying to shorten my joy <laughs> like you're telling me i can play this game for four hours or i could play it for eight well i have to say one thing one thing that it makes me worry about is that you end up more likely with you end up with this almost like mental or emotional pressure on certain players who are not wanting to be involved as long, right? You, yeah. I feel like you end up with this pressure for them to king make, right? Or to like, uh, and, and I almost find myself doing or just it. just throw I, the game. Right. I find myself doing it because I'm a, a, a child of chaos. Right? Of chaos. Yes. Like, but you find people being like, oh, this I, I could raise the tension level if I do this thing. Like, you know, and I'm not sure, I'm not certain it's necessarily designed for that right but but the time ends up making i think it starts to affect people's thinking in that yeah so that's my only concern about it like honestly for me the pacing of the game the you know the four issues in each presidency um even the election if you if you understand the rules the elections don't actually seem like they need they don't take that long they can you know they can shake out pretty quick you know there's a lot that can happen in a short amount of time and so, like, part of me just keeps believing, like, oh, the next time we play this, like, it'll play a little faster. But I, 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 I may be naivete. Yeah, I mean, you gave an example of the uh, yes, elections. <laughs> the elections, it takes longer for the candidates to choose their running mates than it does to election. Yeah, for the candidates to then find out that they made a big mistake. Yeah, I mean, the truth is is that the, the game itself doesn't take that long. It is all the decisions in between. And there's a lot of negotiation or discussion. And, and yes, there's got to be some way to speed it up. But at the end of the day, it's still going to be a long game. I th- I think that our initial estimate of four hours was was naive. I do think that eight hours probably 
is too long. Like I don't think we'll have a game that goes quite that long again. Although we really didn't get to the end. Um, but I think that you know the, the six hour. Well, I mark think is we played more. a reasonable game though. Yeah, that's probably true. But I, I think that it's more the, the the part that bothers me is the box says. I think it says 240 plus or 180 plus. Yeah, it's the lie that bothers. You. Yeah, that's the part that bothers me. It is really the heavy, heavy, heavy emphasis on the plus. I don't. I think the only way you finish the game in three, four hours is if the if is if the republic falls. If if you know financial crisis happens and and right. yeah. it cannot go on. That's the only way it ends that early. I really think that five to six hour game and it is a uh, the and game that's itself is with experienced movie. players. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, the game moves along at a good pace, so it's not its fault. It is somewhat to do with the players playing it, but it takes a lot of time. So, I mean, it doesn't have a great score because if you're the type of person who wants to always be doing something, you want to be taking your action simultaneously like that in other board games, this just isn't the game for you. Yeah. And my, my issue with the time isn't, um, like, I don't mind playing a long game. That's not an issue. Uh, it's more of an opportunity cost issue. of sure the number of times I get to play a really long game aren't that long. And so, you know, it has to, so it has stiff competition. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I'm going to give it a five again, because I feel like the pacing's good and you know, the reasons it goes long is not necessarily always the game's fault. Yeah. I think it could vary heavily who you're playing. It. Right. But it, but it only takes one person with a little bit of analysis paralysis over the course of many turns to cause the game to go long. And I wouldn't say that any of the guys that were in our group really have bad analysis paralysis, but you could tell that all of us had just a little bit and it, it added up. Right. Right. Um, I'm so I love every minute of it, but I do recognize that it does have an opportunity. Jay said, so I, I'm probably going to say if, um, which burns me deep inside. <laughs> we could just put a fanboy number in for every category for you, Trevor. It's okay. Tens across the board. I yeah. can't think of a way I'd rather spend eight hours. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's a two or a three for me. Okay. I'll, I'll probably, I know, uh, to not hurt Trevor's feelings, I'll say three. And because bigger <laughs> numbers are better. <laughs> okay, so next score is repeatability then. Uh, this is, uh, honestly, this is a 10 for me. So I'm on the fanboy wagon here with Trevor. Again, yeah, this thing the- causes all the kind of chaos that daddy wants to have in his life. <laughs> Uh, um the the order in which the things come up can really change the way that um i mean there's there's a lot of cards in the just the initial deck that are um wars that you just cannot handle and end up costing the country a lot of money and if they all come up very early you're in deep financial crisis very early um and a good example of of a Something that changes the face of the game very quickly is the Twelfth Amendment, the way elections are handled. It, it can wildly change the game if it passes or if it doesn't pass. In the first game we played of this, I was playing George Washington, and the Twelfth Amendment came up in the very first four years of the game, the first term. And I just assumed, because of the uh, history thing that, that Jay was talking about earlier, that everyone else at the table would be for the Twelfth Amendment. And so I just kind of, without trying to get anybody to help me, just threw it out there, assuming that everybody'd vote for it. <laughs> so funny! It was the greatest. <laughs> and and had it passed, I think that George Washington would have had a chance reelected. It did not pass because everyone's like, "Why in the heck would we pass this and give you more popularity? Why would we help Washington? Right? Screw nobody, him. 
nobody wanted to help me, so I lost the uh, first re- the Washington's re-election in a landslide loss. Just got destroyed. <laughs> so, so anyway, the replayability, the, the 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 stories, the emotions that come up, and the very players. It's so deep with that. I just think I agree. And it is it is funny that uh, you know President Burr did uh, score. He was probably the highest scoring president of our game. Is is that well? When you no, when you left, I think Hamilton outscored him, mm. which is delightful. In but my mind, yeah, that is funny. They both ended up um, putting together careers, which are the highest scoring. So that yeah, the, the goal really you wanted to have was be vice president once or twice. Oh, the best part, Jay, is the reason Hamilton had such an amazing career is because he refused a duel and, <laughs> and lived. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. Yeah, yes. Dave, Davy Crockett challenged him to. <laughs> naturally, yes. yes. Yes, naturally. So that's he, the kind of crap that you can get up to in this game. You see what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. I love freaking love. Yeah, but I mean, so it's the long storied political career where you spend time as secretary of state and then you move into vice president and then president and then get reelected as president, which can score the biggest amounts of victory points. Right, in yeah. game. And and you don't necessarily have to you know do that. You can do smaller chunks of victory points on, right. on varied things. But but that will give that's a huge swing. And both Hamilton and Burr in our game did that. Uh, so what, what was it we just created? replayability um yeah i mean that does i would probably say an eight for me okay uh fun so i'm giving this one a 10 too like i'm a full fanboy froth at this point because like it's again it's one of those games and i i realize it's like a very similar thing to twilight imperium like the stories that come out of it like nourish the dark part of my soul like i just <laughs> I just love that there was a DeWitt Clinton presidency, uh, you know, where he lost to Polk that ended up being surprisingly competent, you know? <laughs> that was actually, that was pretty crazy. I mean, it's just weird that, that and you sort of, sort of um, showcases something that happens in real life in that if a president, even an incompetent president, gets elected during a term that has no real challenges – they can go out throughout history being a great president because they were never they were never dealt a difficult hand. Yeah, I mean he was a freaking two term president for pity's sake. Yeah, and never once got anything difficult handed to him. And I believe his presidency was also um, the inventor of gerrymandering, right? His vice uh, president, I mean, uh, right? Yes, I, he did have so that another delightful uh, little little pearl. So again, it's a ten for me. I don't need a fanboy anymore. (laughs) All right, fine. Jay, give us the the rational man's number. Go ahead. This is fun. Is that correct? Yeah, fun. (laughs) We're going to open a new category called the damning with faint praise category. You know, what's funny is that if you if you rated Jay's like if you gave him stats and the different scores, he would score way higher than I would. Yeah, he's like made to win this game. Like, right. Like God poured the mold for somebody who could win this game and then poured Jay inside of it. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll probably see it. Okay. Uh, overall, I'm I'm staying on the fanboy train despite my concerns with design and time management and giving it a 10. Trevor? Um, it's really hard. This type of lightning in a bunch, so a game that can produce it 
pretty consistently for me just scores really well you know i'm looking for a really interesting experience and there's a lot of solid games board games out there that have solid mechanics great written rules but at the end of the day they're just they are what they are they're not all that memorable or that fun and i can think of dozens hundreds of games that we've played over the years that i just really don't don't remember who won care if you ever go back yeah, right. don't care if I ever go back. I mean, you know, I'll there. Uh, there's one that I can name right off the top of my head at the Gates of Lo Yang. It's a great game, and I've played it lots of times. But at the end of the day, it doesn't create these sort of memorable experiences. But rules wise, gameplay wise, it's fantastic. Um, I'm actually a little surprised it hasn't been reprinted at this point. Mm-hmm. That's one of those games that's just it's it's solid, and a lot of people love it, and it's beloved. Of, but it's just not. It doesn't give me this experience that Founding Fathers. Jay, do I put you down for another eight here? Uh, yes, sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For audience, I'll make a little guessing game. Of what one word did I write down to describe the audience for this game, uh, dear co-hosts? Uh, masochist, esoteric. Chaotic neutral. <laughs> masochist would have been a good one. I wrote down madmen. The audience is madmen. Okay. Uh. Go or no go, it's a total go for me. It's like every go known to man for Trevor J. Um, I, if you think that this is a genre of game, you ought to play it. But yes. I think that the I think the audience of it is there's there's not many people that. Yeah, if you enjoy diplom- diplomacy, if you enjoy the political part of TI4 more than the the other part of it, including the tech trees and the military parts of it, um, then maybe you should look into it. Um, if you're more of a Euro board gamer, likes, you know, having predicted outcomes and knowing, you know, what's going to happen when you take the actions you take, it's probably not for you. Um, so, you know, clearly there's, uh, this is, I feel like the people who enjoy Western empires maybe would also enjoy this. It's just that similar. That's story. probably true. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a, it is a unique play experience, but I can see, like I look in, if I were to go to say my group of friends or my, my family, just the, my sphere of influences, there's very, very few people who fit into this category. So, yes. All right. Well, uh, I guess let us know if you guys are interested in, in the game or if you've played it or what your thoughts are, et cetera, et cetera. And look yep. for a poll on which themed game bespoke convention should be next. Yes, if you have played this game before, <laughs> if you have played this game before, I would love to hear your stories. Tell me about your twentieth level paladin. I mean, president. <laughs> so true. <laughs> <laughs>